Hey everyone, before this episode begins, I would just like to apologize in advance for the audio quality. With COVID-19 requiring social distancing, I'm not able to use my recording equipment with guests in person. However, I still wanted to be able to produce episodes for you to listen to, especially since we are all bored at home. With that being said, this is the best I can get the audio without recording in person. I hope these more relaxed episodes will still bring a little light into your day. Remember to stay safe and wash your hands and stay six feet apart. Enjoy! Welcome and thank you for listening to This Little Light of Mine. My name is Lauren and you are listening to a series on formative stories that build people into who they are that will hopefully bring a little light into your day. Today I am joined with Victoria. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Victoria is a senior in high school and loves to perform with her school's choir. So Victoria, your journey starts when you were 10 years old and your mom got diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. So will you talk to us a little bit about what it was like to um, find out about that diagnosis? Sure. So I was in fifth grade and I remember this day so clearly because it was the day our grade went to J. Biztown which is a place down in Salt Lake City where, like, kids get assigned careers they can do, and you, like, work at a job, and, like, I don't know, you're in a city environment. It's kind of, like, preparing you for the future. But anyways, I went to that. I had such a good day, and I came home. You know, I just did my normal after-school routine, like, doing homework, eating dinner, and then my parents sat me down in the living room. And my mom started crying, so I was really worried. And my dad told me that my mom had been diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And, you know, all that was ringing in my ears was breast cancer, breast cancer, breast cancer. I didn't know what stage four meant, like how bad it was. But my parents told me it was probably like one of the hardest things I've ever had to hear. But my dad had to tell me that my mom was going to die. We just didn't know when. So they kind of just told me how severe it was, what was going to happen, and, like, when she was going to start getting treatment, what life was going to be like now. Mm-hmm. I think, And it's all kind of a blur, but yeah. that's what I remember. All right. I think it would be hard for any child to hear that their parent had a cancer diagnosis, but to also be at the age where you are able to really fully understand what it means is I think even scarier. Like anything that you can't really understand is scary. And so, um, and cancer is such a complicated thing. So it's such a hard situation to be in and, um, you know, also to have to tell your child that and have to try to explain to them what it means as well. Yeah. I feel my heart just like clenches for my dad because he's always had to tell me every piece of bad news with my mom's cancer. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that told me, her first diagnosis and like he was the one that told me she was gonna die so that was the hardest thing I've ever had to hear and it's probably the hardest thing he's ever had to tell me before so your mom had a mastectomy that same month right yes and she had something that was called triple negative breast cancer so will you explain what that means yeah So what triple negative breast cancer is, it just means that different things did not cause the cancer. For example, in her case, um, 
what didn't cause the cancer was estrogen, which is a type of hormone in the body. Her proteins in her body also did not cause it, and progesterone receptors also didn't cause it. And what those are, like, the things that make it so you can breastfeed. So we really didn't know what caused her cancer. All we know is that those things did not cause it, so that's why she had triple negative breast cancer. So that's even scarier because there's even less that you really know because it's, I mean, I obviously don't know a whole lot about cancer and breast cancer specifically, but I'd assume that if you don't really know what caused it, it's harder to treat it. Yeah. So like the doctors, they're trying to do the best they can, but they don't really know like what caused it. So they don't know the best form to fight Mm -hmm. it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So eventually, um, the cancer started to metastasize to your mom's lymph nodes, right? And so she had those removed. Um, So during her mastectomy, they noticed they were on the lymph nodes. So they took out 12 of them. And lymph nodes are the things that, like, push fluid throughout your body. And so she had those removed. And then she got diagnosed with lymphedema. Which is where one of your limbs um, kind of grows and swells to be bigger than the other, right? Kind of. So, like, it's, like, where your lymph nodes kind of stop working. And in her case, it just happened to be, like, where her armpit was, where her arm was, because that's where the cancer Mm -hmm. was. And so, as a result of that, her arms, like, swelled to about 67 times, like, the size it should be. Mm -hmm. And so, she lost all function of that arm, pretty much. So, um, throughout this kind of journey of her you know, trying to treat her cancer. Um, she took a very, they, you guys try traditional and non-traditional approaches, right? So um, yes. traditionally you guys went through surgeries and chemotherapy and radiation and oxygen therapy, but then you also tried um, lots of non-traditional things like um, a diet change and, you know, trying to be gluten-free or sugar-free or non-hormone meats and juicing and all those things. And um, I just think it's really interesting because, I think especially on social media, if you ever were to post about something medical, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon to get comments of people trying to give you advice when really they they don't know. Um, yeah. And, you know, lots of times those things that they try to give advice on are um, more non-traditional methods. So it's interesting to me that you guys really tried everything just to figure out what would work. Yeah. So my my dad's dad, my grandpa, he's really into like the natural health letting the body heal by itself Mm -hmm. so we were taking advice from him while also listening to the doctors at intermountain hospital yeah so he was recommending like oh juice go gluten-free go sugar-free and like giving us all this advice while we were also doing the traditional way so these were kind of mixing in together Mm -hmm. so we were doing some of these at the same time for sure and my mom actually lost 80 pounds doing this it's kind of funny because people at our church would go up to my mom and be like, oh, so, like, you look really good. You must have beat the cancer. And she's like, no, I actually, like, I'm still doing chemotherapy. We just changed my diet, and she really looked good. Um, so you're trying all these different, um, you know, trying all these different things to help her cancer, you know, finally be gone. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, it was so ingrained in her and it had metastasized to so many parts of her body. So um eventually it went on to the surface of her skin right so we talk a little bit about that yeah yeah so 
After the mastectomy, she kind of didn't have a right breast, so there was a giant wound there. She got different skin grafts, which is where skin is donated to you and you like get surg- get it surgically put onto your skin. And they're going to do that to try to heal the wound, try to get rid of the cancer. Mm-hmm. But what ended, what ended up happening was the cancer ate through that skin as well. And so it just continued to surface. The skin grafts didn't work. So every night my dad had to do something we called wound care, where he would, like, dress and, like, bandage her wound. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I got to watch and sometimes I didn't. It really depended on how bad the wound was that night. But, yeah, so she just had, like, this giant, I don't really know what to call it, kind of scar, scab Mm -hmm. thing on the side of her body that my dad had to take care of every night. So it was really hard for her to do different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of your dad helping out every night, I'd love if we could now kind of transition and talk to how um, the cancer affected your family. So you've got yeah. your mom and your dad and you, and do you have any siblings? At the time, no, I did not. I was an only child. So, but that's still like a lot for your family to go through, whether or not you had siblings. And um, so you would sometimes go with her to chemo, right? So that yeah. is kind of a, how old were you at that point? It, this was a three-year process, so I was anywhere in between the age of 10 and 13. Mm-hmm. So you're going to chemo with her, and you're still very young, and um, that can be kind of a scary thing. What was that like, going to the hospital with her? It was kind of interesting, because the nurses were so nice to me. They kind of, they let me watch what was going on. She kind of just sat in a chair, and she had a port in her body where they would stick the needles in and the chemo would run through her body through there. So I got to watch them like put the port, put the needles into the port. And she kind of, we just, I don't really know how to explain it. It's kind of just like watching somebody get an IV mm-hmm. in them. My mom sometimes would explain the taste to me cause she would get this metal taste in her mouth. Yeah. And so the nurses would bring her like different snacks and stuff to try to help that taste. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because they brought me some too. So that was always fun. Yeah. And we, even though it was such like a dark place to be, my mom and I always tried to find the light and everything. So we'd always have fun. We talked to the other patients as well. So even though it seems like it would be a dark memory, I actually enjoyed the times I went with Mm -hmm. her. Because at the end of the day, you were able to, you know, be spending time with her. And um, those are some memories that you'll have forever, even though they are set in a hospital. Exactly. So you continued to watch her um, kind of digress into her cancer and you went to chemotherapy with her and you um, participated in multiple fundraisers and fund me pages. And I think that that's another way that um, cancer affects whole families besides obviously the, you know, the drastic emotional effects that it has, but financially it's a, it's a really big um burden on families and so to be able to do those fundraisers um was such a great opportunity for you yeah like everyone was very generous at my mom's first fundraiser we had some of her students come and help out like their parents would donate stuff and people came to sell their items and anything they sold all the money went to my family and I Mm -hmm. and it was really heartwarming to watch a whole community come together to support my mom yeah I mean obviously cancer is a negative thing but um it's nice that you can see a lot of positives come out of it like how the community can come together and you know those special times that you got to have with your mom and 
um, you know, these new connections you're making. Yeah, exactly. So eventually her cancer moved to her lungs and she developed pneumonia. So will you talk a little bit about um, what happened then? Sure. So as a result of different treatments and different and the cancer, her one of her lungs started to fill up with fluid. And so my mom had to go and get her lung drained. And so after that, my family, it was the summer, it was end of June, beginning of July. My dad took my mom to New York City and I went up to Alaska to see my grandma. And so they got to go have fun in New York City. I got to go be with my grandma. And the next week I went to Oakcrest. So I was at Oakcrest that week and it was Tuesday. My mom started having a really hard time breathing. Like my grandma was there. My dad rushed home from work. Our neighbor came over and gave my mom a blessing and we rushed her to the emergency room and the doctor came in and he took one look at my mom and immediately got her to the IMC which is the biggest hospital the one in Murray Utah and they put her in a special care unit like a trauma unit because her lungs were so bad we came to find out that one of her lungs had collapsed, the one that had gone drained. Mm -hmm. And the other one had cancer on it and it's starting to get pneumonia in it. And an infection, it was, she was having a really hard time breathing. So we kind of knew it was all going downhill from there. I was lucky enough to be able to stay at Oakcrest. My mom wanted me to stay until Friday, but then that day... We were all supposed to leave on the buses together with our friends. One of the counselors came up to me and she's like, you need to come with me right now. So I was like, what happened? And she's like, it's a family emergency. So of course I start to panic a little Mm -hmm. bit because I don't know if it's my mom, if it's somebody else. And I get to like the front office and my best friend's dad's waiting there for me. So you kind kind of knew that something was really serious. I knew something was really wrong. And so... I got into his car and he explained to me my mom was in the hospital. She had been in there all week and that we needed to get there. And so we were, you know, speeding down the freeway, trying to get to the hospital as fast as I can. And I got there and she was just in bed. She was asleep. She had this big mask on her face. My dad was there. He explained to me what was going on. And we kind of knew her time was Mm up. It was either she can die in the hospital or she can go home, breathe through a machine and live for maybe another month before the cancer eventually kills her. Yeah. So my mom, that Saturday morning, it was July 4th. My mom leaned over to my dad and she whispered to him, it's time for me to go. And so we kind of just, we got everything ready. She was able to say her goodbyes to my dad's side of the family who all live out of state. Her family was all there. We all got to say goodbye. My cousins were on the phone saying bye to her. And yeah, she passed away that day. Wow. So that's like a really, I mean, obviously that changes you for the rest of your life to have um, your mom pass away and, you know, have to say goodbye to her and know that she's going to pass away. Yeah. Um, It's kind of weird because my dad... At the beginning of this whole thing in December, he had told me she was going to die because the cancer was so aggressive. It was stage four, which is like the 
their different levels. Mm-hmm. Sator is the worst level. So we knew it was going to happen, but just the way it happened so quickly within the span of a week, that's what we weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, so throughout this whole like journey, your um, parents did a, you know, they really tried to kind of help you understand, but guard you from the really scary side of things. You know, like your dad wouldn't let you see the wound changes on the really bad nights and you during nights of surgeries, you were at a friend's house or at a family member's house. And, um, you know, they chose to keep you at Oakcrest for as long as you could. And um, do you like looking back, are you grateful that they guarded you from the worst things or do you wish that you um, would have been able to see it all? Well, being as young as I was, I'm grateful that they were able to shield me from that, like the worst part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I wasn't in the room when my mom, like, started losing her hair. She didn't want me there. But I did get to go watch them shave her head. I didn't get to really go see her after surgeries. Like, she, I would always be at a friend's house. I mean, like, I'm kind of grateful for that, too. Because if I had gone, I probably would have just seen her laying in the bed looking. Sure. Not good. So Yeah, and that's not the I'm memory. I'm grateful for that. That's not the memory that you want of your mom, for sure. Yeah. Because, like, after she died, I actually had nightmares for a little bit about her in the hospital room, and just, mm-hmm. it was bad. So I'm kind of grateful that they shielded me from that at a younger age, yeah. so I wasn't scarred by that. For sure. Um, so I think in the media, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of doctor shows or movies that deal with uh, cancer, especially in the family. And so those, that media kind of gives people um, images or uh kind of stereotypes of what they would think um having a cancer patient in their family would be like what is something that those um you know like media outlets kind of miss out on they miss out on like the family bonding that actually happens because they show well from what i've seen family fighting about how someone's always like so down but that wasn't my mom Mm -hmm. she was sad for a little bit And she was like, I just want my normal life back. And my dad is a therapist, so he was giving her advice. He's like, well, you don't have to let the cancer define who you are. Like, you are still you. You you can go out and still do all the things you're used to. Mm -hmm. And that changed her. She was like, yeah, you're right. I can. And so she went to school almost every day, teaching third grade. She was at all of my soccer games she could be at. She was supporting my dad with whatever he did. She just lived her life, like, as she wanted to. Mm -hmm. She lived it to the most normal she could get it, especially with the cancer. And that's what I think those medias and those what those movies miss out on is that when some what they say is that when someone has cancer, that's who they are. They are just the cancer patient. They're just, like, a person that needs to be, like, pitied on, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so sorry you have cancer. Sure. Like, all around them is just cancer defines who they are, and I think that's not true. The person defines who they are, not, like, a disease they have. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they miss out on. How has um, your mom having cancer, has it changed the way that you view, um, like, how you want to live your life at all? She really taught me how to persevere through hard times and how to still be kind to everyone and how to, like, 
have a smile on your face when you're walking through like fire you know Mm -hmm. she really taught me just to appreciate what you have live life to the fullest because you never know what's going to happen for sure um so throughout this um kind of dark time in your life and the anxieties that have come with it and um you know not really knowing what was going to happen what is one light that has come out of it My friends definitely helped me through this whole trial, my neighbors, my church, and honestly, this is going to sound really religious, but I really have found, like, the Savior and Heavenly Father through all of this. Mm -hmm. They've really been a light in my life, because they showed, they helped me get through my mom's big trial, they helped me get through her death, like, and they've really like kind of picked me up and carried me through the darkness yeah in this time I mean everyone like including friends family relatives church leaders everyone has helped me get through this trial yeah I mean just talking to you um now like this wasn't that long ago in your life and you seem to be able to talk about it in a rather um positive way I mean like I I mean that you're not totally focusing on just the negative parts and obviously you found a great support system that helped you to be able to do that yeah I am something in my life that I've tried to focus on is looking for the positive in every situation and not dwelling on the negative because Mm -hmm. that is just a hole that eats you up like if you just dwell on the negative and just all you that's all you focus on then you're just digging a deeper hole into the ground and it's going to be harder to get out of it but if you focus on the positive even if it's just like one small flicker of light that can get you through all that darkness you know yeah okay so if you would like to make a donation to help um fund research for breast cancer um i would encourage you to donate to the susan g Komen foundation um if you just do a quick google search you will find their website where you can make a donation really easily With that being said, thank you so much for coming and joining me today, Victoria, and sharing your light. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you to the audience for choosing to tune in, and I hope you will join us next time to hear another formative story. This has been This Little Light of Mind with Lauren.